Hello, hello. You are listening to the Salon Owner School podcast. I'm Sam Huber, the CEO here at PIP University. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. To learn more about PIP University and our course for salon owners, Rich Life CEO, you can visit us at pip-university.com. But for now, let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy. The topic that we really wanted to go over today, and we're really just keeping this as an open discussion, and then we also encourage anybody to come up here and ask questions or give insight on what their thoughts are around this topic, which is pre-booking. So deciding what's right, um, if it's the right thing to pre-book your guests or to not pre-book your guests. So I really was just brought into awareness, to be completely honest, that there was some... um, I don't even want to use the word controversy. I don't know really what the word would be, but um, I'd say maybe a shift. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. A shift. A shift around whether it's right to pre-book your guest or not. Which apparently I'm just living underneath a rock <laughs> um, because <laughs> I didn't know that that was a thing um, necessarily that people were contemplating not setting up um, pre-booking. So why don't we get started into really maybe just sharing like what we do in our salons as far as pre-booking goes and then just keeping an open mind to either way because I really do think that it just depends on you and your team and we're not here to say one way is the only way. Um, We're here to be able to listen and come up with other ideas that other people have and then just really gather data, gather information, and then do what is best with for you and your company. So Jesse, do you want to explain what you guys do when it comes to pre-booking in your salon? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty old school at the moment. We definitely um, preach to pre-booking. Um, we have a pretty high pre-book percentage. Um, our, our guests, we do chairside checkout, chairside pre-booking, chairside home care, everything like that. So it's we have a definite system for it, and we um, coach to it. Our team, you know, we have goals that we want them to hit. But I do, I and I'm the one that kind of brought this whole pre-booking conversation up, just because you know I listen to a lot of different clubhouses, I follow a lot of different industry leaders. So I think it's very interesting and. I, you know, I think it's a great thing to open your mind to because I I just think it's so interesting how the industry is shifting um, in a lot of different ways. I mean, look at everybody's kind of elevating their guest experience. Everybody's elevating their prices. And I think, you know, especially independents, I feel like are like leading the pack in this pre-booking movement, maybe. Um, so I just thought it was really interesting. I'm definitely more of the old school mentality and that's how I run my business currently, but I can see some benefits, you know, especially for like my stylist, Jackie, who is, is going through some stuff with her son medically and her schedule is pretty unpredictable, but she's locked in. I mean, she's booked out all the way till Christmas, you know, so it's just interesting to me to see, you know, they're especially on the team, it might be, you know, you have some people where pre-booking is definitely a a benchmark and a goal, but maybe for others, there's new ways of thinking that you can make some shifts here and there to make it work better for them. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's why I wanted to bring it up and I wanted to hear everybody's opinions. Yeah. And then how many appointments do you have your team typically book out with their guests? 
Oh, my team usually tries to book throughout the year, but at minimum three three appointments. Three appointments, yeah. So that's how we are as well. And then I want to hear from you too, Erin, but we coach to pre-book. Um, and <clears throat> we typically do three appointments out, but we do have some of our veteran stylists that do have guests that book out through the whole entire year. And I can see where in doing that, and we've tried to kind of shift from booking out the whole year to three months in advance. And I'm I'm even curious of what that looks like for shifting it maybe down um, to one or two appointments booked out. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying that's what we're going to do, but like you said, Jesse, you know, when you have somebody, somebody that like recently I, I worked behind the chair, well, then I simply try to take out the trash and dislocated my knee. And <laughs> now I have a full book of people that we have to try to scramble and move. And you just feel bad doing that to those guests because, you know, now, now at the same point though, when I say that, I do realize that regardless, if somebody wasn't going to be able to come back like Jackie, you know, in your salon, like it's unpredictable with her schedule right now, mm -hmm. regardless, that guest is still going to call and that person's not going to be available because they either have a family emergency. So it's not just having to move their appointment. You know, you're still dealing with that element of them not being there as well. Right. So it's kind of mm -hmm. like a catch 22 in my eyes. But Erin, um, I definitely want to hear from you on this as well. So, yeah, we um, absolutely coach pre-booking and do pre-book inside of my salon. However, we, we do not go three appointments at a time. We are more like just the appointment ahead for a lot of the reasons that you all have already stated. And I will say, um, it is an interesting thought, uh, you know, this kind of this movement or this debate being started. Uh, but I do, um, it is one of the benchmarks that when we really started to focus on as a team and I really got my, my guest happiness, guest happiness team, my front desk really bought in on. It is one of the benchmarks that really shifted our revenue uh, because mm -hmm. as we all know, those that pre-book, it's sort of guaranteeing your, your income for the next six weeks. I do, however, see how if you were maybe in a suite or independent, how it might be a little bit smarter to not lock yourself in, you know, for if you're going three, three appointments at a time for, you know, 12 to 16 weeks, because those of us that have teams, I mean, if something shifts or a price increase happens or cancellation happens or anything happens, we have other options inside of the salon for that guest. But if you are, you know, building and scaling on your own, um, the flexibility is a little bit less there. So I can see how if you're trying to build a specific clientele or, you know, even want space to, to be able to add on to appointments, how it would be beneficial to leave some space. Yeah. I mean, we have some stylists that work very minimal hours, uh, 16 hours a week. I have one stylist that works 16 hours a week and I'm willing to meet her where she's at to make sure that she can still be part of this team because she's extremely valuable, but she also wants to be able to be home with her babies too, you know, and with her family. And that's right now is what's taking precedence in her life. So it's like, those are the people that maybe you get to consider what does that look like for pre-book with them? Because if, if they're here minimum hours, you want to be able to fill and utilize them in a way that is most effective for them and for the business as well. So, you know, that's just something that you might want to look at to say, okay, you know, do we, and we, we chatted about this a little bit before getting on our clubhouse. So for those people that maybe work minimum hours that are booked with a ton of haircuts, you know, what does that look like for them? Do you raise your haircut rate 
So then those haircuts start to go to somebody else. This is for a team-based salon, you know, but they go to somebody else within the salon. And then that allows you to be able to set up more time to be able to get more of those luxury services like extensions or color. Um, I think that that's a great point really but then at the same time like you said Aaron having that pre-book it it really does create consistency in the revenue coming in and I would say it's safe to say people would argue then maybe the fact that people cancel or they no-show which is absolutely correct and that's why you have to have a really strong cancellation no-show policy in effect that they understand what you're asking out of them so they can at least be respectful or if they're, they can't and they have to cancel at last minute or they no show you, there's something in place that you're, there's still some revenue being brought in from that missed appointment. Yeah, I think, I mean, just like with everything, you can't just like hear, okay, pre-booking is old school, pre-booking is going away and be like, okay, it's old school, I'm gonna stop it right now. Like you have to go in and think, okay, is this right for my business? you know, how could I make it work or should I make it work, you know, and figure out what, what does that look like for you? Where, so I'll use Jackie as an example again. So we've changed the way that we pre-book for her. And we started doing that even before her son got sick, but you know, she was super um, haircut heavy. And we obviously wanted her to move into more, we do sessions. So we wanted her to have more color sessions on her books. And so we would block off, you know, she could only pre-book her haircut guests with a, like during certain times or certain days and then keep those other days open for those color sessions. So really trying to control, like, I guess just being in control of your books and what does that look like? So, um, you know, that's kind of one way that we started I guess you wouldn't say we didn't, we stopped pre-booking, but we shifted the way that we were pre-booking. So you're saying that she like had certain days that she took majority of her haircut guests on. And then how did that work out for, cause I always think about this. We have some girls that do certain services in the salon that like, we have some girls that do both hair and spa services mm -hmm. and so we've considered having certain days um and this is kind of getting off the topic on pre-books i don't mean for it too but i'm just curious as for the guest trying to direct them to a certain day for haircut services and then allowing your book open for other days did that have did she find a drop off in those guests because they weren't available to come in that day or were um, they yes, then just filtering to other people it's kind of like when you you know uh, increase your prices, you know, those people mm -hmm. that really still want to continue seeing you then make it work and mm -hmm. figure out how, how to make it work. And so, yes, she had a drop off of some of her haircut guests, but that was kind of what she wanted. She wanted to start making that shift into doing mostly color sessions. And so it allowed her to like, again, she was in the driver's seat and it gave the clients the opportunity to decide whether or not they saw the value in having to shift their schedules to make it work to go see her. And those who just couldn't make it work, then they now go to other people within our salon. Um, and she was opened up even more for those color guests. So then also what we had to think about too is, you know, once it came closer to that day, you know, if she hadn't filled up with a color session yet, then we would go ahead and 
you know, reach out to some haircut guests and let them know she had time open up and then they would come in. So just being super strategic about what your books look like, but giving new guests opportunity to, to book there because for a while, I mean, the girl was just cranking out haircuts. I mean, that's her specialty. So she's, you know, well known for it. And that's why, I mean, she just gets referral after referral after referral, but she just, she was getting too booked. So she wasn't getting any new color guests because they'd have to wait so long to get in with her or even a haircut guest would come in for a haircut, but then they wouldn't be able to get a color for a long time. So we just had to get really strategic about it. And that's why when I'm hearing all this stuff about this pre-booking, I'm like, okay, you know, there's definitely something we can learn from this. And I know primarily it's a lot of independence, but I love where, I mean, I think it's great when all these independent people are, are learning from some industry top people and they're taking it and customizing it to their business. And so that's what I always try and like keep an open mind, try to figure out how could I make this work for me? So. Absolutely. I, um, you know, it's interesting, Jesse, like as you were talking about uh, your stylist, I like, I'm, I'm problem solving in my head, you know what I mean? And like, I just really kind of landed on like, this is where, you know, I feel like, like strategically, like strategic price increases, like based on utilization, based on um, like knowing the benchmarks, like, for example, inside of our business, I know like how, how many technical, you know, like haircut or blow dry services are we do versus chemical services. And those people that are maybe um, fuller than they would like to be with technical services, like those prices can go up. And then just like you just said, those people that you know, see the value in seeing that particular person for a haircut will stay and the other, you know, the others will fall off into, you know, some of our other stylists, will, which will create more white space on that person's book to be able to get either haircut guests that do want to pay that much or, you know, more luxury service guests like color or extensions. So mm-hmm. I think it's really, um, you know, when you're talking about pre-booking, I think it really does go hand in hand with the other systems inside of the salon. Like, like, wh- how are you pricing? What does your utilization look like? How are you booking? Like, are you really taking advantage of the, the increments that are on your book? Or, you know, like, I, I just mm-hmm. really think that all of that stuff kind of goes together. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. then for anybody that's listening, um, that might be thinking, because I know not every salon coaches in a way that guests are able to see anybody in the salon. So for anybody that's not necessarily, or that's listening, that doesn't have a salon ecosystem like that, where guests feel comfortable to be able to sit in other stylist chair, how would you guys say, what are the things and the steps you guys have taken to be able to have that guest go to the front, you know, whether they're ringing out chair side or they're ringing out up with your GHT or front desk at at some sort of platform up front when they get up there if that stylist is not available you know how is it that you guys have made them comfortable to be able to book with somebody else and it not be awkward for the guest or for the team jesse you want to take that or you want me to go first Uh, you can go first okay um so i think that a huge portion of it is the culture inside of the salon like making sure that teamwork is a core value um, helps a lot. And, 
you know, we are a, a teaching salon. So as people come in and are trained, our guests are used to seeing more than one set of hands on their head to begin with. And then, I mean, we really do, we service team, meaning like when it's time to blow dry, like we, if, if somebody is not busy, they hop in and help. Um, and just my whole team, when it comes to uh, serving the guests, making sure that the guests can get in when they wanna get in and stay inside of their beauty budget, they're all really well versed at, you know, make it, making the guests feel comfortable to um, sit with somebody else. And then, you know, I think because we're hourly pay, I think it does support that, but I don't think that it is, it necessarily has to be because we're hourly pay, but I do think that um, it promotes more of an abundant mindset, less of like my guest, my column, my dollar, you know, and more about like, well, what's the salon doing as a whole and, and like high tides raise all ships and they know that. So just really, it, it really comes from the team and the culture, I think. Mm -hmm. I yeah so essentially agree. oh go ahead oh sorry go ahead Jessica no I was just gonna say basically everybody on your team is building that like no fact trust factor with those guests and building up that trust and rapport with any guest that walks in the door one hundred percent yeah well and just like Aaron said you know uh every, getting more people how do I want to say this more hands on, on guests, you know, the more of your team that you can get them to introduce themselves to every guest, you know, we do hand massages, we do all, all those little extras. We have different team members that go over and do those services on every, like each other's guests. So they get to know our stylists as well. I mean, it also helps. We're a small team, so it's a very intimate setting and everybody talks to everybody. And I think as long as your team has that mentality of we take care of each other and we take care of each other's guests, there is no, that's my guest. No, you can't see them. They can't go sit in your chair. And if your culture and your team is promoting that and letting the guests know, the guests will feel comfortable. It won't just be empty words that, you know, oh yeah, sure, you could go see Susie. And then you're kind of like, I don't know about that. You know, the team has to really believe in that 100% that it like, yeah, you can definitely go see her and then you can come back on my books or you know what, if her schedule fits your schedule better, like at least I get to see you while I'm in here, you know, and I can chat with you. So just having a team that really believes in that is crucial to making that work. So to shift this conversation a little bit, and we can wrap up on this, but when you guys are having your teams pre-book, because for us, it's a benchmark that we do follow as well. And um, as we spoke on already earlier, that some people say like, oh, it's an old way. It's an old benchmark. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, I'm a little bit offended because <laughs> I've been pre-booking my whole career. So I feel like calling it old or like, you know, <laughs> is, a, is a little offensive. Um but <laughs> like we've hit that point, you know, like in your career, you're like, okay, cool. That's an old way of thinking pre-booking. Like, okay. Um, but you know, for us, pre-booking conversation starts with the guest during the consultation. And there's been times where we've actually pre-booked a guest, even a new guest during the consultation instead of after the service is complete. So where is it for you guys? We, we kind of bounce around. I mean, it, since we have a GH team member, they're the ones that are doing it and they do it up at the desk uh, prior to ringing out for the service and completing the service. So the first thing that they do, they get up there is 
look to see what it is that the guest wants, the day and time that they're looking for, and then making sure that the stylist has that time that's most beneficial for the guest. And it's not about X, Y, Z, the stylist is booked out, you know, and you know, you want to make sure because she's so busy. It's about making sure the guest has the right time. So we set up pre-book before we even ring out because typically once a guest is checked out, they're mentally checked out and everybody forgets about it and they're out the door. Now there's been times and there's people on here that are going to listen where they might not have a GHD or front desk. So they might be actually having their stylist pre-book in the chair during consultation. So what does that look like for you guys in your, in your guys' salons? Well, for us, we have, well, we just gained another um, guest experience team member. So we're going to be shifting back a little bit, but for a while we've, my stylists have really been taking control of booking and like i said everything really does happen chair side and the conversation for pre-booking definitely starts within the consultation we talk a lot about what the maintenance look what the maintenance upkeep looks like um we make sure that okay if this is the look you're you're going for this is the maintenance level that you're going to be required to commit to is that something you can commit to and if it's not then we got to talk about something different so if you're not having that conversation even even if you're following the no pre-booking train like that conversation still needs to be happening to ensure that the guest will come back on their own but and make sure that it's the right look for them so that conversation should be happening in the, in the consultation and then yeah usually if it's a haircut guest you know we we definitely get them pre-booked before they they stand up and go to the front and check out or we check them out at the chair side and then if we have a color appointment, then they have that conversation during the processing time um, and get that taken care of. But yeah, don't wait until the end because then they're on to something else. Mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll just piggyback on that and say that, yes, we, we absolutely are having that conversation um, during consultation just because it is, that's what a thorough consultation looks like is making sure that the person is aware that they, um, they will need maintenance and then I will take it even a step further to say that, um, you know, I think that no pre-booking is all fine and good, but when you're dealing with like, like an extension guest, for example, like we have, um, we have a, like a commitment or contract that we have them sign because extensions require maintenance. And it would, I would be, um, not doing my job properly if I were to allow an extension guest to leave without their next appointment, because I mean, as we all know, you can create damage um when the extensions are not properly maintained so i think that you know this has been an interesting conversation because i really feel like this applies really really well maybe to um haircut only guests or or stylists that are are trying to weed out haircuts so that they can focus more on luxury services but that there are absolutely services inside of our salons that we we have to make sure that um maintenance is happening and the only way really i mean that i can see to ensure that that is a thing is by pre-booking them yeah, yeah. I totally well and agree. i feel like i feel like the people who are talking about not pre-booking i mean i want to give them credit like i don't think that they're saying no pre-booking ever or they're against pre-booking i think yeah it's customizing what does pre-booking look like for the different services or what does it look like within your salon and just opening up the idea of not needing like 85% of 
uh, pre-booking benchmarks, you know what I sure. mean? So yes. just thinking about, cause you're absolutely right. I mean, luxury services, like full blonding four plus hours, you know, that definitely needs maintenance upkeep and a schedule. And so does extensions, all of that. But yeah, what, what just thinking about the possibilities and that's who we are at PIP too. Like we're, we say we're trailblazers, right? So just keeping that open and thinking about all those possibilities and how you can customize it to what we're doing in our own salons. Yeah. And I think Aaron hit on a good point too with extensions, because I know we've experienced where we've pre-booked extensions out for multiple appointments and then they take it out. They t- they decide they want to take their hair out and give their hair a break or if they want, whatever it may be. We have some people like around here because of where we live. Um, it's a little bit more of like a country area. So we have a lot of people that four wheel or ride dirt bikes or, you know, and so sometimes like during those like peak seasons of those types of sports. Like I know we have one specifically that I can think of off the top of my head during that time. She doesn't really necessarily like having her extensions in because they're just harder for her to take care of. And, you know, mud's flying and um, her extensions get pretty, you know, gross. So you, you really want to think about what does that look like and how far do you want to pre-book them out? Because we've, we've made the discovery of pre-booking extensions out three or four appointments to make sure you have that time that they need but then they shift what their needs are as a guest and you might drop out their extensions for a little bit. And then you have all this time that you've already blocked off that now you get to try to figure out how, how you're going to fill it, you know, and what you're going to fill it with. Mm-hmm. So um, that definitely brought in my thinking on that too. And I'm glad that you uh, mentioned that Aaron, you know, for you guys that you typically focus on, on one appointment out because it really does look different for everybody. So um, I just want to take a moment to open it up if anybody has any questions or comments or thoughts on pre-booking. Um, we can open the floor, and then if not, we can go ahead and hop off. Unless you guys had anything else, too, that you wanted to add. No, I think I'm good. I'm good, too. Good discussion. <laughs> I'm complete. You're complete? Okay. Oh, here we go. Winter. Oh, hi, Winter. I knew she was going to raise her hand. <laughs> <laughs> And so do Rebecca as well. Okay. I invited her. Try it again. Winner, I've invited you. Um, it says that you we've sent you an invite. So I don't know. I got Rebecca up here. So I don't know if it's something that you have to accept. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Okay. Winter, why don't you go ahead and then Rebecca can add to it as well. You just want to unmute yourself, Winner. Oh there my gosh, go. I'm such an idiot, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking and rambling. <laughs> I figured as much as why I said it because we've all done it. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's very on brand. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, well, I'm just all of your biggest fans, and I love all of you. And Jesse, I miss you so much. Mm, miss uh, you too. You ladies are just incredible, and I have been on the no pre-booking trend, and there's definitely some good points and some points that are, um, I just don't think really work for business. Um, I think what we've done at Roar has really made a difference. I've seen it with all the girls' books and even mine when I was still there, 
But um, I just wanted to touch back on like it goes back to the consultation. I think it was Jess, you said that um, sometimes your clients need to shift like that should be happening in the consultation every time. And I mean, it just goes back to that PIP class or course that I did. I think it was in Rich Life Hairstylist. I imagine it's in CEO too about like always a new consultation every guest, even if you've seen them a million times, a new consultation. I think that's what I really got out of this point. Yeah. <clears throat> love you, winner. I love you back. <laughs> Go ahead, Rebecca. Hey, hey Rebecca. Rebecca. Hi. Um, I, I jumped in late on this conversation, but I wanted just to bring up the point of um, myself being a senior stylist and being I didn't catch the beginning but being I'm super haircut heavy and going through some big price increases and dropping my book back I kind of blocked my books out my clients like to book like at least a year ahead of schedule out so I knew I was gonna have some big changes within my own schedule within my salon so I um kind of only let my guests book six months or three months out for a small period of time till I knew what I was doing um which might be I don't know if that's just another strategy that worked for me I don't know if that would help anyone else out listening um but like right now it's September and I just opened up Q1 for next year for my clients to book because I am going to be going through another price increase. And I know some of my clients, it might not work for their beauty budget, but I didn't want them clogging up like a whole year's worth of appointments. So mm -hmm. that I've done before and I'm doing it again and it, it's worked well um, for me and for my clients. So again, I have a salon where I can recommend other um stylist for my clients but it did it did help with just trying to get more colors or or extensions in the book yeah and you know something else that you just made me think about was we have a tattoo artist that's in, the, in our area and when you said that you like opened up your book for january she so she does that she basically takes every quarter she takes applications for people to book a session with her to be able to get a tattoo and she will open up her session you have to fill something out and then she reaches out to each person make sure they're a good fit for what it, the work that she puts out and then she gets that whole entire quarter filled up and then once she starts near the end of that quarter she opens up her book for you know guests to be able to um apply to be able to work with her you know and i just i think that's such an interesting concept um that's what it kind of made me think about rebecca when you said that yeah like i still had my clients you know definitely my clients that wanted to book out three years ahead like i still let them have two or three appointments but then it was kind of like well i don't know what vacation i'm going to be taking in march mm -hmm. yet so you can book out now till february and then that gave me time to just be more strategic on the back side of like When's my price increase going to be? When am I going to start telling people? When am I going to block out a week for vacation? And it worked pretty well because I've, you know, I've been doing hair about 20 years and I was always in that mindset of let your clients book out as far as they want forever and ever. And, right. um, and then I was like, wait a second, <laughs> I got some yeah, big it, changes happen, happening. Yeah. And it just allows them to be in control, you know, and, and we get to kind of take back control on our schedules and our lives and our personal lives and make sure we're having that balance because then we're showing our team that it's okay to do that as well. I think 
probably most of us up here have been in the industry around the same amount of time. So I think we grew up in that type of atmosphere where you say yes to everything Mm -hmm. and you work as many hours as you possibly can to get everybody in. And that's where we're seeing this shift and what that looks like. And this is why one of these benchmarks is a good topic just to be able to talk about of, you know, if pre-booking is good for you, great. If it's not, then great. But what does it look like for each salon? And it can be customized in each salon of what works for you and your team. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, and just with what Rebecca was saying, you know, she's going through her price increase and this way, you know, her guests know before it, it just takes away a lot of those pain points. So I think, I think there's a lot to be learned and a lot to be, said for kind of what's what's shifting for sure and with and with that said like with that my pre-book rate was still very high it's just my guests didn't have seven appointments or ten appointments right. now they only had one or two right. yes yeah. exactly you felt like you still had that sense of security that they weren't going anywhere you know but and actually honestly it probably doing it that way it probably creates a little bit more of a sense of urgency for them when they are coming into the salon to make sure that like they are setting up their following appointment after that, you know, instead of, Oh, well, I'm already committed for the full year. So like, I'm cool, you know, it kind of creates a little bit more demand uh, in, in your business as well. It sure was. They were walking in that door headed straight for the desk. Like, does she have her next month open? Yeah. <laughs> yeah the people that pre-book and then put all the retail up at the desk before you even come and yes. greet them. Yep. <laughs> Love that. Yep. I do too. Awesome. Well, I think this was a great conversation today and um, I'm excited to get it up there on uh, Spotify for our podcast so other people can listen to the input as well. And if anybody has any questions or anything that they would love to bring to the table, you can always shoot us a DM on Instagram, uh, Pip University. Just search for us, give us a follow, and you're welcome to DM us. All of us professors have access to the DM. So you never know who you're necessarily going to get, but we're all available and ready to have conversations with anybody that's willing to. So I hope that everybody has a great Monday and we will see you next week. Bye guys. Bye. Thanks Rebecca and Winner.